Hello and happy Saturday, goblins! Here to talk a little D&D? Maybe learn some player secrets? We'll lay down those weapons, take off that armor. It's time to disengage. Hello, everybody. I have Wes here today, the man behind Otto from Hottest Club in Waterdeep. Thanks for joining me today. No problem. The Hottest Club in Waterdeep is a very interesting experience, I think. Um, I almost feel like I'm not watching people play D&D. I feel like I'm watching people fail at playing D&D. <laughs> well, <laughs> which in a way is very successful. We're all uh, experienced players, although not necessarily that system. But um, we also devolve into completely unrelated conversations all right. the time. So. <laughs> which is a really special aspect of, of that whole show. And I mean, I think it's hilarious. And so describe your first D&D experience then, or your first tabletop RPG experience. Back when I was 15. So I had cousins and my brother and stuff that played um, beforehand, but I was, uh, it was post 80s. So my parents still had some of the like satanic panic about them. Not like major or whatever, but enough that I was discouraged from playing. But when I moved to uh, Mississippi, actually, and I was 15, um, I found a group that played and I just started playing. It was not a lot to do in rural Mississippi. So it ended (laughs) up being like a weekly tradition kind of thing for a long time. Gotcha. So you were always interested. Something about it was always appealing. Yeah. I mean, I've always read fantasy books and things like that. But actually playing tabletop RPGs wasn't probably till I was 15. Are there people who would not enjoy it if they played it? Yes. (laughs) Um, uh, My husband's one of them, actually, which is kind of funny. He's very supportive of my hobby, but he does not in any way understand it. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) He doesn't have much of what I'd call inside hobbies. Okay. Like, you know, we're all in quarantine and stuff like that. So he's bouncing off the walls. And all he really does inside is, uh, you know, work and eat and sleep and watch TV. Whereas the rest of us, like read books, we play video games, we, you know, there's all kinds of other things to do inside, but he's just not that kind of person. So he would not enjoy D&D. Even if you're going on an adventure? He would not understand it. He would not be into it. Gotcha. Yeah. But, you know, takes all kinds. More power to him. (laughs) Absolutely. James has tried to get my sister to play for like a year. (laughs) And she's just, you know, like, no, I'm good. I'm good. You know, like I, I've taken it in pieces. I was very nervous to play. Um, and it was like, I don't like to act. So the whole role playing thing was like, uh, no. Yeah. I don't act very well for what it's worth. I just kind of play myself and I try to incorporate other personalities as best I can, but it ends up just being me with slight variations. (laughs) (laughs) I do my best, but I'm just, I can't do voices and stuff. No, I think that's so refreshing to have somebody like that on this podcast, to be honest. Um, I, I would definitely say you're one of the players with the most serious disposition in this. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's not, you know, that's not a problem. That's it just makes you different from everybody else. Well, somebody and has it, to get shit done. Exactly. I was going <laughs> to say, you come from, so playing Otto, uh, like I was just listening to uh, the latest episodes and you talked about how, you know, yeah, it's funny when, it's funny when, Otto, like the inside joke with Otto being an Ottoman, like with the group. Right. But to everybody else, you know, tactical. So it's funny, but you have a very creative solution for actual combat or, you know, tricky situations that you're in. So, well, are you going to ask about how Otto came to be? Because that's actually a funny story. Yes. Go ahead. Funny story. (laughs) So, this is fifth edition that we're playing. I um, have not played very much fifth edition. Like I've done Pathfinder in 3.5 and 
AD&D okay. for that matter. But fifth edition is a little new, and there's some variation to it. Uh, not the least of which is the software, in this case website, used to make the character. So I had a vague idea of what I wanted to play, some sort of warlock, something, something. Okay. Um, and I could not figure out the software, and I couldn't get anything <laughs> except for like four things to load, one of which was this custom half-mimic warlock with you know only certain patrons and stuff like that. So I, I fought with it for a little while, then I'm like, you know what, screw it. Let's just do this and see what comes of it. <laughs> So that is the origin of Otto, the half mimic, is that I could not figure the software out. <laughs> That's pretty funny. It works really well, though. Uh, you know, it works. I like him. He's fun. Um, the weird uh, transformation thing, I think we're kind of doing the rule of cool with that a lot. Uh, yeah. But, but it's entertaining. I liked infiltrating as a garden gnome. <laughs> I think you have to have everybody in this all the characters are just so interesting you needed somebody something to, to play off of so yeah it works it works do you have a, a favorite class then is um wizard your favorite class or just something you wanted to do this time uh, wizard is by far my favorite class gotcha across all games across all genres <laughs> i i have to make myself play something else usually <laughs> have you played all of them yet or all of the classes different classes oh uh not really. I mean, there's a lot, especially with Pathfinder, there's a lot of uh, like oh, new right. one variants that I'm not necessarily interested in. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I like the magical ones. I like the um, the ones that are mix, mixed classes. Okay. Like a sorcerer, bard, mix, eight, mix up kind of thing. Monks. I'm a big fan of monks and rogues too. Okay. Arcane Trickster is probably one of my favorites. I like options. <laughs> See, I, I love playing um, barbarians. Um, so I get kind of stuck at some points. <laughs> well, with this group and, you know, others, I tend to play a lot of wizards. And so they, in a good natured kind of way, are kind of jackasses about stuff sometimes. <laughs> so I keep threatening to play a superstitious barbarian with an int of like eight. Solve your own problems, all this stuff. <laughs> Have you um, ever DM'd? Uh, yes, actually. Not a lot, but enough to get people interested. Uh, a couple of the players from I'm trying to remember who's in this game exactly not from oh yeah um not from this game but there's a couple of other regular dms we have now that started dming because i got them playing while i dm'd and then they wanted to take over so i let them cool and now they're like dms he's actually running a, a pirate game skulls and shackles yeah okay so i like that i'll dm enough to get someone like intrigued and then the moment somebody else wants to take over i let them it is a lot of work and quite frankly i don't really have the time uh, absolutely. I know. Um, I'm watching James. He doesn't do much, you know, for Hottest Club, but for Endless right. Midnight, he has to prepare all this stuff and we'll bounce ideas off of each other and everything. And I'm just like, you're thinking about this 24 seven. Yeah. Especially if you're doing a homebrew and stuff like that. It, mm -hmm. There's a lot of considerations. Um, Hottest Club is a, is a module, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, doing a module is easier, but there's still stuff to consider. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when your players throw you for a loop. Well, they always will. Uh, I, you know, when I started DMing, I tried to like plan everything and you just can't. And so at some point I just made like a, um, what do you call it? A tree, like a outline. I made an outline. Yeah. Okay. And I'm like, this is roughly what I want to happen. And I had like <laughs> scenes within the outline, but other than that, I didn't plan too much because there's no, there's no way to account for all of it. That actually might be helpful. An outline that you can at least visualize branches of different right. ways to go. Like, yeah. this is the plot that I need them to go down in yeah. some way. 
So if they veer from that, you got to figure out how to get them back on it somewhere. But other than that, it's kind of like, like a meeting outline. <laughs> uh, I know it's the kind of job I have. So I have a meeting outline and if somebody gets off topic, you kind of got to bring them back. Uh, are you in multiple games right now or just this one? Uh, yes. Right now I'm in multiple games. I'm in this one and then I'm in two Pathfinder games. Okay. Um, there are options for more, but again, even as a player, there's a time constraint. And even playing virtually, there's still like, you know, every Thursday or whatever, there's some amount yeah, of time I absolutely. have to block. So do you consider yourself more focused on the role playing or on combat or e- equally when you're playing? So I like to find weird mechanics to exploit. Okay. So kind uh, a, a bit of all of it, but I like to find interesting mechanics to exploit and then see how well it actually works. Right. If, you know, combination okay. of traits and feats and stuff like that, I can do this thing, which normally you can't do. And it, you know, has the potential to be broken, but most of the time it's, it's not, not really. It's like subjectively useful, but not especially otherwise broken. And it usually requires a lot of actual resources to do the thing that looks amazing and easy, but it's like, yeah, but I had four feats in order to do that, which are feats I didn't use for something else or whatever. So when you're going into these, um, actions i mean are you expecting that are you trying to figure out what's going to work the best are you literally just testing um both really like i i'm I'm not going to do something that is not interesting or useful but if it's at least one of those things then i'll do it so tell us a little more about Otto then like Otto's role in in hottest club so he's a he's a warlock with a patron of like a deep old one kind of a cthulhu mythos sort of thing okay from deep deep underwater which I don't know that I've expressed properly, but there's not been a huge opportunity for it beyond his like his Eldritch Blast is not fire. It's like oh. dark condensed water, which I've described a couple of times, but it's not been a hard, it's not been a high focus point. Okay. So imagine, um, you know, the bottom of the ocean, very dense water flying at you at high speeds. Ouch. So that's like his Eldritch Blast. Although I, I should probably describe it better next time it happens, but <laughs> that was the idea versus like fire or something. So I assume Eldritch Blast would usually cause fire damage. Uh, no, I think it's... um. Is it force? Uh, I'd have to look it up. I don't know off the top of my head, especially with his, but uh, there's different kinds that do different things. So you don't have to just be like, I'm just going to swap that. <laughs> yeah, also it's fifth edition, which I don't necessarily know off the top of my head like I normally do. <laughs> I'll look it up right now. I feel like you could tell James pretty much anything, though. I mean, if he knows it, okay, but otherwise he's not going to, like, double-check you. Force. Oh, it is force. Okay. But there was one time we were playing, and he went out for a smoke, and all the players were like, we're going to get, like, double the money, because we're just going to tell him, like, this is what it costs. Like, we're going we're gonna to try to, <laughs> we're going to try to, like, talk him up into, into getting all this money for, like, squid ink or something like that. And he comes in, and we're just like, we want this much money for it. And he was like, okay. Right. And that's a, that's a sign of a good DM is you don't need to get bogged down in the details. Absolutely. It's absolutely. fun, do it. That would make this game very different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the rules are just kind of a guideline. So along with, um, I guess, you being the one with the most serious disposition, I feel like you're also probably the quietest. Um, Not in a bad way. I want no, to reiterate No, no, no. I, I agree. But it's it's a matter of scale. Yeah. I was like, is that a conscious <laughs> choice or not? I'm not especially a quiet person, but I also don't feel the need to always like speak in gotcha. you know normal life. And when you're on a podcast with, you know, however many people all trying to talk at the same time. Oh yeah. As long as things are like <laughs> happening and generally doing what I want them to do, I'm fine with it. But I will 
interrupt and speak up if I absolutely need something to happen. There was one episode they tried to end and I like stopped them and said, no, no, I'm going to go firebomb this place first (laughs) (laughs) because nobody else was doing it and it needs to get done. (laughs) But for the most part, I do let the other players drive just because, um, I don't know, I I don't necessarily feel the need so long as things are kind of doing what I need to do. Yeah. Leading from behind, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) There's um, Jason's audio is horrible when it's overlaid with somebody else's. Ah. So I just took over the editing job from James. And so I'm, I'm working on the latest episode. And if if you just play his his soundtrack, you can't understand a word he's saying if somebody was speaking at the same time. Other right. tracks are fine. So no, most of the time I'm like, who has the funniest thing? Well, I don't know what Jason's saying, but I can't understand him. So we're just cutting it. It's probably um, his mic, I had to guess. Like I have a I have a consulting job where I work from home a lot of the time. And so I've got probably three or four earpiece mics that I actually just use for the game. Oh, really? They're they're, they're sufficient enough. Although, you know, if this kicks off and becomes like a whole thing, which, you know, fingers crossed, uh, I'll get like a better setup. Yeah. Okay. So two questions related to that then. Why did you say yes to the podcast? Um, I'd never done it (laughs) for one. (laughs) Uh, And it sounded interesting. And, you know, it's D&D. I like D&D. So the, the fact that it's a podcast is a level of interest for me, but it's not the primary focus. You know, if it picks up and becomes a big thing and becomes, uh, we'll say, financially viable, then maybe it'll be like more of my focus. But for the time being, I'm happy to let the others um, run the show. Well, what would you like to see from Neon Goblin in the future, aside from Hottest Club? Uh, You mean like additional podcasts and stuff? Yeah. I think our format and what kind of works the best is that we're not trying that hard. (laughs) (laughs) It's true, though. (laughs) I mean, we're just kind of playing and we're screwing around and we're having a good time. And if others are entertained by it, great. But honestly, even if they're not, I don't see us doing anything differently. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Endless Midnight, I'm assuming you've not listened to any of that. No, sorry. No, no. (laughs) I should be more involved, but I just I haven't even listened to the old shows because I was there and I don't want to hear my own voice on recording. Oh, I feel that. I feel that very strongly. <laughs> um, but Endless Midnight is so different. I mean, it's, you know, it's everybody's really focused on the story. There's no kind of outside talking. It's uh, it's a very different feel. Hmm. Um, so I feel like Neon Goblin gets, if we have any viewers, gets viewers engaged from I think somebody's mom aspects. is listening. Apparently, yes. <laughs> one of the players' moms <laughs> is listening, so we got at least one. <laughs> When I travel more, I tend to listen to a lot more podcasts, but since we've stopped traveling and the nature of my my work has changed, uh, I don't listen to mm-hmm. podcasts as much. I've actually only been listening to the podcast now that I'm currently unemployed. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. A lot of that going around. I was like that earlier this year. Oh, uh, yeah. Mine was by choice, though, so. Oh, fair enough. Can't can't complain too much about it. I guess technically so was mine. It, had, it was before COVID even. Well, before we knew about COVID even. Mm. But I switched jobs and had some some downtime and was listening to more, doing more stuff. Seems like a weirdly long time ago. Yeah. Yeah, it's only... I guess like it doesn't feel like it's been that long, but it's already the end of July. Yeah. That's well, you crazy. know, Groundhog Day. Every day is Groundhog Day. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, that is all my questions that I had for you. So yeah. I really appreciate you joining for this. No problem. Glad to. Thanks for including me. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Disengaged. I'm producer Erica, and I hope to catch you next time.